0: to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of
1: mountain biking. And now, i will introducing your host,
2: Glenn O'Brien.
1: Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 119 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. So, it is Glenn O'Brien here, your host for today. And uh, we are going to be bringing you the Christmas special with none other than the main man himself, Gareth Beckett. (laughs) So, uh, yes, a bit of a reverse role tonight just uh, for the fun of it. So on today's show, we are going to be chatting about everything mountain biking, including uh, how Gareth grew up in Northern Ireland on the north coast and uh, a bit of background on uh, surfing. Uh, his passion and the driving force behind the podcast here and uh, some of the favorite people and some of the, the favorite episodes that he's done over the the last 118 shows so uh, we're going to be chatting to gareth about life in malta uh, all the mountain biking and what he gets up to there on a daily basis uh, when gareth is coming home and what he's, what he's going to be doing when he gets here so sit back relax Fix yourself a wee cup of tea, pour yourself a wee glass of mulled wine and chill out for the next hour or so and enjoy. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. So, Gareth, welcome to your own show. How are you doing, bud?
2: I am very good, mate, and uh, thanks for planning this and setting this up. This is really weird for me. Uh, it's normally the other way around, but uh, <laughs> there you
1: go. Yeah, it's a uh, reverse role today, isn't it? Like, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it feels a bit strange actually being on this end. I think it's probably the first time I've done a, an interview myself or conducted an interview. So uh, definitely new for the both of us, eh? Aye. Well, you know what? When you mentioned it to me,
2: I did think it was a really good idea. And then for some reason, and I was chatting to Katrina about it, I got nervous. And to be honest, I'm a bit nervous now.
1: <laughs> good, man, good, man. Well, hopefully we'll relax into it then a couple of wee, couple of weeks, simple questions to get us started. And, yeah, I've uh, yeah, got stuck on a few different things here. So, uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd like to start by, by saying that I listen to your show a lot. Um, I think you're up to, what, 116 different shows now?
2: Yeah, man, that's crazy.
1: So that's been, what, over the last couple of years or so, or how long has it been?
2: Aye, that's right, a couple of years. So I normally put one out a week. So it's just over a couple of years, yeah.
1: Yeah, brilliant. So... Uh, yeah, I I have a bit of a, a commute to work. Uh, I work down in Lurgan, so I have about a half hour drive uh, each way, and I uh, definitely go with the, the download onto the phone and then listen to it on the way to work. Like so, uh, the the time goes by really 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 quickly. Um, I haven't listened to all the shows yet, like but I'm slowly working through them. But I've been through I've been through a lot, so mm-hmm. uh, it's brilliant just to hear uh, a lot of friends and a lot of the guys that I know and people that I can relate to. So really really interesting topics and uh for plenty of man for putting the time and effort into it like it's been uh, i really do hope that uh, it's very successful for you and uh and long may it live but um where's the where's the passion do you think or where does the driving force behind all these podcasts come from you know
2: i'm not really sure i got into i used to be Max when i was younger uh I raced BMX not at any kind of level but that was my passion back then and I've always been into kind of bikes and motorbikes and that kind of thing um, but then I got out of it for a long time and then one of my good surfing buddies Con Osborne um, who makes my surfboards and stuff and I surf with um, he's mountain biked for a long time as well um, and then I had issues with my knees and things like that. And he said, look, come out biking with me. It'll help your knees. It'll really help you out. Um, and that was maybe, I'm trying to think now, that was maybe about five years ago. Um, and I got back into it. And the minute I jumped on a bike, I'd never really forgotten anything, you know. And it just sparked the passion. Just again, and it helped knees and everything else.
1: And all that fun you had all come back again.
2: Aye, and... You know, I just love it. And the thing is, um, I'm one of these guys, Glenn, that when I get interested in something or I do something, I want to be physically involved with it. You know what I mean? Um, So I started when I was like 13, 14, I started watching American football on TV. But within two or three months, I had to be playing it. You know what I mean? That kind of way. I need to get more involved. Yeah. so i suppose uh, to answer your question the the podcast was something i kind of got really wrapped up in the mountain bike thing really enjoyed it and i thought well how can i get more involved how can i get more involved into the local community and the podcast thing was just about at that time i was thinking about other angles to do things and i thought well You know, at the end of the day, I'm going to learn more about the thing. I'm going to speak to people involved, if I'm lucky, in the industry and and learn more and educate myself a bit more and maybe get a wee bit more involved in the biking community. And that's where it really started. Um, And, you know, it was cool because, I don't know, I never thought I would have over 100 episodes, to be honest. That was... I never even thought how many would do. I think the average for a podcast is six or seven episodes. You believe that?
1: Yeah, that's a, a lot of work, man. And uh, yeah, there's definitely, and it's very obvious from your shows as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of passion and drive behind each and every episode, and the different uh, different people that you speak to and all. It all o- it obviously comes from like a person that has you know like a passion for life and a passion for the different sports and all they're they're involved with. And certainly, you sound like the sort of person that's uh, maybe like a really bad spectator, but I uh, would rather... <laughs> <be involved. laughs> I could definitely relate to that, so that's that's what I'm picking up, that vibe anyway. Like you don't really like watching stuff from the sidelines, but you'd rather get stuck in there and, and give it a go yourself. So,
2: I I know it's weird, and I, I, I knew you would understand that, so, you know... Um, yeah, I've been like that with, and it's a bit of a curse, to be honest, but I've been like that with everything. You know, I just can't, I'm not satisfied sitting and watching something, I have to actually do it. You know, if I watch something on TV about bungee jumping, I want to be bungee jumping, you know?
1: <laughs> You're tying all the elastic bands together, are you? And jumping in the
0: <laughs> oh, jeez. It
1: sounds like you've dabbled in like quite a lot of different sports, and there's a, there's a good uh, background there. And I know uh, you're from Port Rush, uh, right up there in the, on the north coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not that, that well known for its mountain biking, but certainly a lot better known for um, the, the kind of surfing community that, that's up there. And uh, I know that's a big part of like your your background and, and your history, but um, you're bound to have uh, a, a few cracking stories. And I'm sure a lot of your, your friends up there as well that you've had um, a lot of good times together or... Any good stories up
2: there for us? Oh, ah, there's a good crew. Like, you know, the surfing thing and the mountain bike thing is quite similar. And I can see, I can certainly see uh, similarities between the two. Kind of in the sport in a way, in a weird way, but also the kind of guys that it attracts, you know. Um, You have a sense of community in the surfing surfing thing as well. Um, I would say the mountain bike thing is actually more friendly than the surfing thing because once you get so many people in the water and there's only so many waves then it becomes a bit of a competition as to who's going to get waves and things like that so um it's
1: quite territorial it, or do you get that on the it, north coast as well well that kind of thing happens or is that just something that you would hear of in uh in Hawaii or a pipeline or does that stuff happen all over the world is it really Uh, Yeah, it
2: will happen over the world, but it depends on what kind of conditions you have and what the waves are like. You see, we're quite fortunate up in the north coast that, well, fortunate or unfortunate, whatever way you want to look at it, but we have no kind of reef breaks. Um, And a reef break, the wave will break basically in the same place every time. Yeah. Um, So obviously there's a takeoff spot, you know what I mean? Uh, And everybody wants to be there. So if you have 50 guys in the water, everybody's trying to be at the same spot. Whereas in the North Coast, we've got beach breaks. So um, the the wave will break, you know, the whole length of the beach kind of thing in different places. So you can have a bunch of guys sitting on one peak, a bunch of guys sitting on another peak. So it's just not as bad. Um, But certainly... Certainly, places around the around the world that can be very, very bad, and and Ireland too. The west coast, Ireland's like that. Certain spots will be very territorial. Um, almost, if you're not a local guy, you're not that well. You're not really invited, you know. Um, so the mountain biking thing's definitely friendlier, definitely. Um, but so that's yeah,
1: has the- being a, a big growth then in surfing as well. You know, kind of along the same lines as what has happened mountain biking here in in Ireland as well where you go back maybe, you know, 20 years or so, and it was a very sort of underground kind of sport, uh, where now, like, surfing and mountain biking has, like, completely sort of, like, uh, you know, blown up, really, and everybody seems to be into it. Like, is it kind of the same way for for, for surfing, or...? Uh, Yeah, I would think
2: so. Um, You know, there's certainly more people in the water. I can remember when I started surfing, which is... uh, it's almost, what would it be? It's over 25 years anyway. Um, and, you know, there was every time you were in the water, there was maybe five or six of us in the water. We all knew each other. Yeah. You know, we all hung out with each other. Um, we were all in Troggs and Port Rush, the surf store. We all hung around there with each other. We met there. We went out. Those were the good old days when the surf was so good. Yeah. Um, you would have closed the store and you'd have just put a sign on the front door saying, "gone surfing. Yeah. You know, you know, you don't see you don't see shops closing anymore because
1: <laughs> i worked in the old bike shop that does exactly the same. Thing. <laughs> really? Oh yes, oh yes. We've uh, yes, we've uh, posted a few notes on on the door of the shop and closed it up now. Just when uh, things are going good, like not quite the same as surfing. Obviously, you guys are waiting on uh, big swells and all that sort of stuff now. But quite similar maybe in Wes when there's a new trail being built or conditions are good or there's maybe a race coming up. Uh, and you just uh, chomping at the bit to get out there, but definitely has been done, man. Has been done. Aye, well that's cool, man. That's cool. <laughs> so um, would you say like a kind of like your your typical kind of surfer dude is similar in ways maybe personalities and uh, and how they get on really to to mountain bikers or?
2: Yeah, um, I think I think so because it, it is a lifestyle sport at the end of the day, and I would categorise mountain biking like that. You know, there's a certain scene. Behind the actual activity, and it seems to attract that kind of adrenaline junkie, if you want to, you what to call us that that kind of personality to it. Um, and the funny thing is, Glenn, I don't know if you know this, but I know quite a lot of guys that surf and mountain bike, and vice versa. Um, so it seems to attract that kind of same person. You know, I ran into, I was home, um, I was home back in Ireland there. A couple of weeks ago and I ran into a guy who I've known for a long time and has surfed, Um, but he's just had a young kid there and, uh, you know, I was chatting to him, have you been out in the water? Nah, I'm not really getting the time, but I've started mountain biking and and I was like, well, you know, I know loads of guys like that, you know, so it's funny that it attracts, do you do any surfers yourself?
1: I do, yes. I have a couple of a couple of good friends actually that, that do a bit of both. And plenty of times you'd see them or, or hear them, you know, chatting about, uh, you know, well, the surf's might be good at the weekend. I think going ahead up North Coast or or head out west. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know, when surf's not so good, they're quite happy to throw a leg over a bike. And you know, you're pretty much guaranteed action on mm-hmm. a bike. You know, if you can get your head around um, the wet days and a bit of mud and a bit of slop, then you know you can have you can have a on a mountain bike pretty much any day i know surfing's slightly different mm-hmm. so guys would dabble sort of between between the two of them yeah but it is that definitely would agree that it is that sort of um lifestyle kind of sport like you know so we kind of almost dress the same and and uh, and kind of talk the same in a way and, and hang in <laughs> and, and all this sort of stuff like
0: uh-huh.
1: yeah there's a lot there's a lot of stuff goes on in the background in you know, there between the yeah, trail building or you know like your maybe secret spots for surfing and all that sort of stuff and yeah, so it definitely definitely does uh, definitely does relate.
0: hmm
1: Um yeah, I wanted to ask you as well. So uh, I know I've been doing a bit of research on you as well, Garth. Before. Oh dear. <laughs> I've been <laughs> stalking you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um sorta of like yourself and, uh, and a lot of your friends, your close friends are into like sort of like big wave surfing maybe down um the west coast of Ireland, uh foreign and the like so you have a few good friends doing that, or is that uh, something you've, you've tried yourself or are you just like kind of part of that, that crew or what way does that work?
2: Well, I used to, I used to actually tool for Alistair Manny. So he would be probably the best known, um, fella from up around our direction. Um, that that surfs the big stuff. I used to tow for him a number of years ago, but I just got so busy. This is the time I actually had a surf a surf shop at this time, so the store was so busy I just couldn't really commit to him, and he needed somebody that could go at a drop of a hat. And and you know that this is the problem with the big wave stuff as well that you know it doesn't come in at a particular time or a certain day of the week. You have to be ready to go when it hits, um, yeah, and I, I couldn't. Yeah and i just couldn't really commit and i knew alistair was so so keen he was the one surfing i was just towing him in um
1: that's bound to be pretty scary as well like i you know you really have to know what's going on and understand uh the waves and the water and what way things work and then obviously have that relationship or that connection with the surfer uh, uh it's happening so um i take it you're quite good friends with him or there's a lot of uh, good relationship there is there or
2: yeah. Yeah. We used to surf every day together. I would, he had a, an apartment down at Castle Rock. We'd went and hung out there and his brother as well, Andrew, many, and, um, they were very, very good. I've I known, I known the guys from, they were maybe 13 or 14 years old and, you know, um, they were, they were young rippers, young Groms as we would call them, um, when they were coming up and I went out and surfed with them, um, and, yeah, I've known them for a long time, you know, and top, top guys, like uh, really good surfers as well. And um, But, yeah, I have a funny story about Tone, if you want to hear it. You want to hear it? Back on. Alistair, myself, and a guy from a um, reporter from, I, it was either Wavelength or Carve, one of the magazines anyway, one of the really popular magazines at that time, came down to do a photo shoot of, us out Alistair surfing and me toe and that kind of thing yep. we got we got to this area we had never we'd never surfed it before and when we were putting we had a 17 foot rib at that time we were putting the rib in the water and one of the local one of the local fishermen came over and said you're not going out there today are you and we were like well we're going to try and he says my advice do not go out there <laughs> right <laughs> big swell
1: we went out there? <laughs> hey is that a challenge you were thinking?
2: <laughs> well, we were thinking, well, we'll go out and have a look, give it a go. And the problem was to get out to the wave, you had to go through this quite narrow gully, um, which the waves were breaking through. So you had to, you know, we all got out and we were, I was, I was driving the boat and we were just kind of, well, away. well, we not, well, we not. And Alistair was like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I was, I just seen a clearing man. And I just thought it's now or never. Yeah. So I gummed the thing. We went out through the gap, no worries, got out into the surf, and the surf was big, but it was, there was no consistency as far as where it was breaking, how far out it was breaking, it was very, very dangerous. Um, Alistair and myself kind of went, right, okay, we'll give it 20 minutes, we'll see how how we get on, and then if not, we'll get back in. So Alistair jumps in the water, goes over to where we're thinking the peak is, we're sitting about, I'm knocking about in the boat, chatting to the, the photographer, and I see this set out the glen And honestly, this set of waves starts to roll in, and I just says to your guy, I forget the fella's name now, I says to him, You better hold on.
1: <laughs> <Take> <laughs>
2: and boat, I got sir, I, Hey?
1: You're taking the boat first, sir.
2: <laughs> well, you know, rather than trying to run Run away from the wave. You have to try and punch through these things, you know. So I hit this. This wave comes, and as we're going up the face of this wave, and it must be, it must be three stories high, right? Yeah. I'm going up this wave. I see it feathering at the top, so I know this wave's going to break on us, and you know I'm at the front of this rib, and we're going up so vertical that I can look down through my feet
1: no, and.
2: No. And see the photographer.
1: Imagine the perfect storm. <laughs> <laughs> that scene. And all I see yeah. is
2: him, the engine of the boat, and then the water down below. And I, I hit this thing, and the boat goes up mid air, yeah. lands tail first. Now I think I thought we were going to flip on to our, ba- you know, to our, to our, our bikes.
0: Yeah, like bike. um,
2: Yeah, but the yeah. boat lands engine first, and then just flops down, perfect, and the photographer is as white as a ghost <laughs> and and I'm just like, oh my word and I see Alistair's face and Alistair thought he was going to lose boat and driver and photographer
1: and You were just like, I meant to do that?
2: <laughs> but I just said to Alistair, that's it, it's over, finished let's go, let's go. Oh, get out of there? Yeah, and getting in was as hard as getting out, it was brutal man but um, scary times and I think I drove a couple of times after that and then that was me done. Yeah. Them guys are animals, dude. They're animals.
1: Are you on a jet ski then, or are you just basically getting getting Alistair out there on a boat, and then he just paddles in himself, or?
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. So he he was paddling, and at that, this stage he was paddling in himself, mm-hmm. just under his own power. Right. Um, Moore and all those guys use jet skis now. It's all jet ski assist. Right,
1: but this was you like know. back in the day, then before that kind of thing happened. Uh
2: huh. Yeah. yeah yeah crazy man so crazy what, size, bit.
1: what size of waves are we talking about here and like i'm purely thinking i'm trying to relate in some sort of way and the only thing i can think of was like red Bull rampage or something but this is like for surfing big wave surfing more like more sketchy ribs dodgy drivers you know all sorts of stuff going on like so it has to be like you know just really scary ass stuff like so
2: aye aye well that's if you want to relate it to anything that's how you would relate it to the mountain bike scene is, is, is rampage which you know you know well about you've been there um and uh oh here and here's another thing i heard your name mentioned on about rampage the other day
0: Right, right,
2: okay. now do you know this or not but i think and tell me if i'm wrong i think you were the first person ever to take to take a build team to rampage is that true
1: yeah, I think there's a bit, of, a bit of truth in that anyway. Like, I'm not sure if I could properly claim that one. But um, I suppose really quickly the story goes, like, first first year I done Rampage 2003, myself and Steve died, so just the two of us. So completely unknown to what the hell this is all about, uh, <laughs> the two of us eventually got to work and scraped in a bit of a line and started building jumps and stuff. And back then, there was only like two days to dig before the event, where now I think it's like six days or eight days. And yeah, rampages went through that phase where you can have almost as many people as you want, but now it's back down to just having two or three in your Mm -hmm. dig. Uh, And yeah, kind of just about figured it out as we went along. So we went back then in 2004 with Ben Reid and Beller, and uh, we had hooked up with these guys from New York Uh, the first the previous year that had helped us a bit so we were in touch with them and and we were like before we went "Do do you fancy going up again and give us a bit of a hand and they brought a few guys so it ended up being there was a quite a crew for us and just having that experience and the kind of almost like a year between to think about you know what what way do you need to approach this so I just knew myself you need to have a really good solid crew uh, of diggers that are willing to work hard and know what they're doing so uh yeah i can remember actually first or second day digging and we had a pretty good line carved in at the very start of our run and cedric gracia had a run uh, that he had kind of scratched into the side of the hill beside us and i can remember i remember gracia saying to us oh this is not Rampage. This is not Rampage. Uh, you, you must uh, make your own way down the hill. Uh, you know, this, this is too sculpted. Uh, we were like, whatever. Like, so we, we just carried on just what we were doing. Because, you know, I suppose it's a battle of obviously trying to, you know, figure out the best way down the hill. And uh, all that style, fluidity and all comes in really when you've got a nice sculpted line. And then uh, by basically the end of practice, uh, Gracia was over going, Hey, uh, you guys mind if I use your line? He <laughs> <laughs> so changed around. And I think by the end of it, actually, I would say maybe like probably a third of the, the field uh, used, used our line at the top. And then another line as well that we had sculpted in, uh, probably halfway down. So, but when I was there, it seemed to me like. Every other rider had a dig crew, um, so I don't know really. I don't know. I, I mean, it's been rumored yes that we did start up like. I well,
2: that's cool, man. Well, your name is mentioned as being the first, the first person to bring a crew to do that, so there you are.
1: Hmm. well, there you go then. Huh? That was
2: vital MTB.
1: Right? Yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I blame Beller. Beller's Beller's a man. <laughs> <don't know> <laughs> done all the digging. So, uh, yeah, we had a couple of funny moments where we figured, what the hell are we doing here? I went through that whole sort of up and down why you know, and eventually we figured it out. But uh, Steve Steve was there with uh, his words of wisdom and and all the rest of it and got us going. So, brilliant. Happy days, man. Yeah, so I'm sure, yeah, pretty much the same for you guys, I suppose. uh, You know, if you're towing in the likes of, you know, Alistair, the big waves and, and figuring stuff out, you know, it's very similar in ways to, to mountain biking and, uh, and building trails and rampage stuff and, yeah, figuring out what's best and, and basically when to go and when not to go, you know, having exactly. that
0: experience.
1: Yeah, that's so, yeah, and that's where you need that, that connection with, you know, like the rider or the surfer
0: mm-hmm. um, and, making,
1: and making shouts and making calls, you know, because uh, it's all dangerous, risky stuff. And uh, anybody with a bit of sense knows that you just don't go every single time. <laughs> so you just have to make it calculated in it. it's calculated in it and all the rest of it so, uh, but you learn a lot I think uh, just through time and through different experiences and I'm sure with surfing and all that sort of stuff sometimes you see the gap don't you like and you have to punch it through sometimes mm-hmm. you see a good jump or a good line and you just have to build it And sometimes it's been a waste of time or you have to call it and just go in because you want yeah. to the, uh, the next day that is good or the you know, waves are good or whatever's
2: happening. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. And there is similarities between the two, for sure. Um, different, but same kind of mentality, I think, you need to to be keen and to, to push yourself a wee bit further and, and want to be better each time you go out. You know, you want to do something a wee bit more. You want to be learning. You want to be faster. You want to get better. And it's all kind of intertwined with, with those two things, I think
1: sure a lot of sports are certainly a lot of these kind of like adrenaline adventure sports people can kind of relate in the same kind of mindset and thus mm-hmm. so, yeah, just just a different sport cool no worries man so um yeah just getting back to your show then a few a few wee things i wouldn't mind tapping into just to see uh yeah what you're thinking is behind stuff like mm-hmm. uh yeah so you've done what like 116 different shows now i've just Actually finished off this morning listening to, Elian Callahan's sort of three, three rhymes.
2: He's he's amazing man. He's amazing. <laughs> he's a
1: funny dude,
2: eh? He's brilliant. Yeah, I really enjoyed those. I really enjoyed. Well, it was supposed to be one, but it ended up being three because the guy has just got so many stories, and he's just amazing. And I think he needs his own show, to be honest.
1: <laughs> So that was all done in one stint then? Was it like the one, the one setting you had to, had to put uh-huh. on? Well, mm-hmm. it hours or something, eh? It was
2: about three hours, aye.
1: So, um So this has been on for a while, 116 different shows. So are there any highlights along that time? Like, you know, or any any people that you really enjoyed talking to and, and uh, I suppose all the research and all is done or any... Like, who has been, like, I suppose the most interesting person or what has been your favorite podcast or is there one or are they all just like really good to something different
2: um well i think initially when i started it i had a number of people i wanted to chat to and it's like anything when you do something you're you're almost nervous to contact these people you know um no i will say this and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show because you're interviewing me now, Glenn, but I will say this. You were episode 10, right, Uh, on the show, and I wanted to contact you initially, but I hadn't got the guts to do it. And (laughs) I I thought to myself, I thought to myself, right, I'll get a few below my belt, I'll see how it goes, and then I'll contact, and, and at least Glenn will have something to see if he wants to come on then. And when you said, yeah, you would come on the show, that was a highlight for me, right? I'm I'm not just saying that, but I knew that everybody in the Irish scene knew you and with your past and Rampage and everything else and everything you had done for the scene. I knew it would be good for the podcast, and I knew I would learn a lot from chatting to you. Um, I'll never forget because I actually met you at Blessingbourne. No, not Blessingbourne. Sorry, uh, Castlewellan. Yes. And you had the you had the mask on. You remember
1: that? <laughs> i, do, actually. I <laughs> came across that photograph quite recently like i know i was like what the man <laughs> that's all kind of the fact man and certainly what the vibe that i get from listening to all the podcasts and you doing the interviews and all obviously there there's a passion there for uh you know the different sports and the backgrounds and, and certainly like you're you seem to be a, a really good sort of people person and you like to sort of you know, connect and sort of dig a little bit deeper into people's uh, backgrounds and all, and uh, just you just seem to be having a really good, really good time. And uh, it's brilliant
0: that mm.
1: the people that you're chatting to always are so honest, um and you can almost like ask them anything and they'll, they'll just tell you. But it mm. makes it makes it really you know really good entertainment and uh, very interesting. Just you know to to listen to these people like uh, and the questions that you ask them like you know so. Uh, so, I would definitely recommend for anybody, like, definitely get her, if, uh, if you don't really listen to all the shows, get them on the download, and uh, any free time you have, you in the gym, and uh, stick the earphones in, and crack out a few different shows, because it has been uh, very entertaining along the way. Well, thank um, you very much, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, so, uh, as I say, I haven't been through all your shows yet, but just the variety of, you know, people that are from, like, you know, a, a lot of people that I know, I suppose... That, that are writers but then just all the um all the different tips and all as well from like kind of all the the strength coaches and the mechanics and you know the, the kind of adventures and, and all the different it's just brilliant just to, to listen to people and and, uh, and listen to all the different stories like mm-hmm. having that connection i think with uh, with, with Ireland and Northern here uh and all the different people coming from me. it's it's uh, it's definitely highly recommended.
2: Cool, God, cool. And I'll tell you another one, I had uh Keelan on the show, Keelan Grant on the show. I really enjoyed that because he was walking home from the gym when I interviewed him.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh you can you can hear it in, in the interview where he shout. there's some guys shout over to him, Oh, and he shouts, All right boys, how's it going? you know, <laughs> while we <we're, laughs> while we're chatting. And I love that about it, you know. I just love that aspect about it because it's not stagnant and I don't want it to be stagnant, you know um And then Jack Devlin, <laughs> amazing! How cool was that?
1: But <laughs> well, that was last Christmas, wasn't it? Uh, the next door neighbour came in about the turkey or something. <laughs> that's right. Has your mum got the turkey yet or something? <laughs> uh, you should put together a wee show, Gareth, and just snippets of like just random things that have happened all the or your highlights or something. That that would be entertainment. Now, so.
2: Uh-huh. so I was going to cut that but I left it in you know what I didn't edit it out I left it in I thought you know what it's part of the whole thing you know and it shows you how kind of casual everything is and that's how I want it to be so that's the way I approach it you know
1: people at the end of the day aren't they and they've all got their lives and their stuff stuff going on and see to be honest even that's the, stu- that's the sort of stuff that people talk about
2: Because
1: uh-huh. the next time I seen Jack I was like I can't believe your woman came in and talked about the turkey you know <laughs> And these are the funny little moments, aren't they? Like the people just love, is it. Um, I, and I'm sure everybody else was like, you know, the first thing they'll talk about is, is these, wee, these wee moments of, of real life stuff, it? So, not huh. Well, you know... Reality, so.
2: Exactly. And you know, the thing is, Glenn, to be honest, um, bar one person, and I'll not mention any names, but bar one person I've had on the show, everybody has been 100%. You know? Everybody's been so cool, everybody's just chatted away, and... It's it's a real eye opener to the people that are involved in the mountain biking scene, you know, and uh, you just you just don't get that everywhere. And I think it's really cool. And it's not really me; it's the guest that makes the show. So, yeah. you know, and everybody's been so cool. So I just want to say a thank, uh, just a big thank you to everybody that's been on the show in the past. Um, and then who will be on in the near future because it's them it's them that make the show so i try and chat as little as possible and just let them tell their story and, and everything else and and because i want to hear from them you know what i mean as well as the listeners they don't want to hear from me they want to hear from the guest
1: yep. so
2: i just take it and go from it at that angle you know
1: yep Fair enough, man. and uh anything really for the future there or anybody that you really want to interview you've got on the cards or anything we should be looking forward to? Uh, well, with you. Um,
2: there's loads of, there's loads of characters, you know, that I would like to go on and maybe, and you know, I kind of struggle with this. I struggle with, because initially the podcast was just going to have people from all areas of the, the bike and scene on it, you know? So, it wasn't going to be all about racing. It wasn't going to be all about mountain bike brands. What you know, I wanted just you know a nice section of everybody. Um, but certainly the guys that are on the show that are that race bikes, um, they seem to be very popular. So maybe I need to reach out and. Kind of try and get some of the bigger names on. I think that's maybe some of the guys that are top in the EWS or or top in the UCI or something like that, and try and get some of those guys on, and boost the podcast a wee bit. You know, but I struggle with do I keep it more Irish focused because I want to kind of I do want to promote the Irish scene and and get you know, Northern Ireland and Ireland and get those names out there and promote the scene more so through the podcast and, and have the podcast as an avenue to do that. Um, so I, I'm sometimes torn whether to get people on from Africa or people on from Australia or people on from Canada or because it's taken away from the Irish side of things, but at the same token if you concentrate in the Irish thing then you've got a very niche market there and you don't you don't reach out to other listeners and to build to build the podcast it'll always be based around ireland yes and it'll be focused on ireland quite a lot of the time but you know it's just just knowing what way to go with it so i struggle with that to be honest to know what to do with it sometimes you know
1: yeah so like say if you basically um want to interview somebody like how's what is that how does that process work really do you just basically drop them a message or try to get in, get in contact some way or an email or, um, I mean, have you been chatting with somebody else and they said, oh, you should go and speak to them or how do you, uh, is it as simple as that, just drop them a message or?
2: I, well, mostly it's just, it's a, basically a cold email or a social post, you know, just a private message on the old social media or something like that. Um, and it's crazy, like, it will take... To get a show, to get a show. Now, some people will get back to you, and some just won't. You know, uh, it's just the nature of the beast, and some people just won't reply to you. And I always give them a bit of time, and then I always follow up just with a, you know, just a follow up email or, or private message, because sometimes that will a second message around will say, oh, I was so busy when you when you first emailed me. Sorry, yeah, I'm keen to come on the show. You know, so and then some people just will never get back to you. And that's fair enough. It's not, it's not everybody's cup of tea. I understand that. Yeah.
1: Um, but you know, the, and really like they I just want to be cool. This is an opportunity or they just want to get their, their message out there. Or do you find most people are, are into it?
2: Well, I would say out of I would say out of every five kind of messages I send out, I might get three people coming back, two to three people coming back. And, some sometimes it can be better than others. Um, I think I think some some people just don't want to do it and they're not happy or not not comfortable with it with chatting about certain things and and chatting to a podcast or whatever and that's understandable of course. Um,
1: sort of really their own personality or they just don't
2: really want to. Yeah, yeah, they're just not into it. They just don't like that side of the thing, the media side of the thing or whatever. But that that's cool. Um, that's grand. You know, you normally you find that people that are hungry, you know, and want to get their name out or want to uh, get maybe even help their sponsors out or have a product to sell or have something just to get, want to get more involved. You know, th- those are the people that want to come on the podcast. And to be honest, those are the people I want on the podcast. Yeah. You know, people that are passionate and really want to tell their story and, and want to get more involved in the scene and want to help the scene or whatever. Um, you know, so that's the people that i I try to get on the podcast and like chatting to as well. Um, but you know, it's very, very time. You won't believe it. So, for every hour, say, say the podcast's an hour long, yep. from initial contact, because I've sat down and kind of crunched the numbers on this. This is how sad I am. So, from <laughs> initial contact to the end product that you listen to on the podcast, can take anywhere between twelve and twenty hours.
0: Well,
2: wow. um, yeah, and it can be. Uh, because of a number of things so the average email between me and the guest before the end the end product is 12 emails so you know and then there's editing there's uploading there's images there's just all that you know research as well you obviously you want to research your guest to a certain level i try not to to go in all the way because I kind of like to learn stuff as well and like to be surprised by things. But you need a certain amount, uh, a certain amount of knowledge about your guests before you interview them, you know. Um, so yeah, it's time-consuming, man, but it's worth it. It's definitely yeah, worth
1: it. You seem to be uh, enjoying it there. And if you find that, uh, like, are the numbers growing, or are you getting more listeners? Like every podcast you put out, you would get more people that are sort of connecting and getting into it. Or has it become quite static, or what, what way?
2: Um, yeah, it, it definitely has grown. Uh, I would say every week it's growing. You know, um, until about maybe two, three months ago, it seemed to kind of, kind of go flat a wee bit, and I would get roughly the same, the same kind of listeners. Now, uh, Kellyanne's first episode, um, part one, was the best episode of the podcast for sure, right. um, since starting. Um, now. Hopefully, as the podcast you know grows and more episodes and stuff, there's more people coming on board. So there's a, a there's more likelihood of that happening. You know what I mean? As more people listen to it, but yeah, that was been the best episode so far. Um, and it has stagnated a wee bit. And then you see that's why I'm thinking now. Okay, so do I need to be reaching out and maybe getting yeah, the likes? A of
1: a, vibe from a pretty-
2: yeah, yeah, you know, so. Do I need to be getting these world class writers and whatever whatever they're doing? Do I need to get them on the on the podcast and introduce new new listeners and stuff? So um yeah, it's a it's a balancing act, you know, and, and I'll have to make the decision very, very soon and, and get going, you know, and, and maybe go down that line a wee bit more, I'm not sure, but we'll see how it goes. So who
1: would you who would you absolutely love to have on your podcast if there was one person and you thought, like, right, I've picked, I've done it, this is it. All my Christmases came at once. This is the person I want to speak to. Who would you love to, who would you love to chat to? Uh it's bound to be I, somebody floating around the back of your head, and you're like, someday, someday, I'm going. <laughs> Well,
2: you know what? I think I think I would like to get Sam mm-hmm. Um just because he's obviously at the top of the game at the minute. And I just think he would be an interesting guy to chat to because of his history and everything else.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. I would like to get Michael Cowan on as well. Yeah. Oh. Because of the whole chain reaction thing. Again, a very, very interesting story there. Um, you know, and the guy I was ta- talking about, Con, um, that got me back into the, the bike. And, you know, he can remember the chain reaction guys selling tubes out of the back of their car at events and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, so I think that would be a really good story. Now, that's a wee bit closer to home, of course, but I think that would be an interesting story.
1: Um, Michael's a good one to speak to now. Uh, obviously, has the whole history, like, and probably, yeah, if anybody knows what's been going on uh, over 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 the years, he'd be a man.
2: Uh-huh. Obviously,
1: Sam, being the legend that he is, uh, would be uh, good for the ratings anyway, Gar.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you've earned Gwen and the likes of those guys, you know, and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, those top riders, I think any of those guys that would be really interesting to chat to, I, you know, the crazy thing is I like guys with a wee bit more uh, time spent in their legs, if you know what I mean, because they have come from a different time and they have seen it grow and they have seen it come from what it was then to what it is now. And I like those kind of stories, you know, um, that's me probably showing my own age. But, you know, I, I like to hear a bit of the history of the thing, too and um, just get a wee bit more in-depth into what made them get to where they are now and how things have changed. You know, I just find that interesting personally. Good
1: stuff. Good. So hopefully uh, hopefully that can happen then. And uh, since it's Christmas and all, I'm sure maybe uh, we'll put that on your list there. <laughs> <laughs> see if Santa can sort it. <laughs> uh, so you're right, living in Malta. So mm. you've been in Malta like, for what, a couple of years or so? Or?
2: Uh, I've been here about a year and a half
1: year and a half or so mm-hmm. and uh, any any word of you coming back home or are you there for another wee while or what well i'll be home
2: for good in june june 2020 right.
1: cool.
2: yeah so, i'm keen i'm keen to get back to be honest i miss i miss home i miss the forests i miss the trails yeah,
1: yeah it'd be brilliant to have you back and if you get back then will you are you going to get uh, stuck back into the mountain bike scene then or any any sort of plans that way yeah, for sure.
2: Um, I'm still recovering from this freaking broken clavicle. Um, and I, believe it or not, I haven't been on a bike in over a year. Yeah. Um, I, I've just I had to get the clavicle operator on and it's not right. Um, so once I get home, I've got the ball rolling now back at home because the, the health service here didn't really help me, to be honest. Um so I've got the ball rolling back at home and hopefully I'll get it sorted as soon as I get back. Um, but it is looking like I'm going to need another operation on it. So,
1: so what have you been doing then to fill that kind of void then with, with no mountain biking or is there
2: nothing really, man, because my mobility is not It's not good in that shoulder. I'm still in a lot of pain. I can't sleep right. Um, you know, it's just not right. Um I was going to the gym here and still, you know, working on a wee bit of mobility and um trying to strengthen things and do a bit of leg workout and stuff, but um I found it was really it was hurting it more than helping it, you know, whatever's wrong in there. So um I, I can that really. I do quite a lot of walking here, so I try I know it's not I wouldn't really call it fitness training or anything, but um
1: did to get out in the hills for a bit of fresh air, huh?
2: Yeah, exactly, and that's that's the way I look at it. So yeah. uh, that's all I've been really doing. But no, I'm super keen to get back home. Um, definitely want to keep uh, keep in the scene there, and certainly going to hopefully do a wee bit more with the the racing side of things um, with the podcast back home, and hopefully try and get a wee bit more airtime and stuff, and maybe do live interviews and things like that at the events. Okay. Um,
1: so, um- sort of listen to your 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 shows and um, whatever, uh, I know you've been doing a bit of work with uh, Robert then from Freewheeling, mm-hmm. so uh, is there any way you guys are going to be hooking up, or maybe doing a wee combo thing, or any plans along that way?
2: We definitely should, and I would love to uh, Robert and myself have chatted about it, yeah, a little bit um, and I think, yeah, like what Robert does is amazing, you know and um, i love the stuff he does and he's so passionate about it and again you know we don't make any money from this we're just doing it because we enjoy it and uh we just want to be involved in in the community and uh, i think what robert does is really great and keeps everybody up to date on what's happening and who to look for and when events are happening and um yeah we have chatted about it i'd love to do something with robert I, i really would um And I think for the podcast to grow, I'm not sure on the freewheeling side of things for Robert, I'm not sure what way he's wanting to take that, but we'll certainly chat about it. I think for the podcast to grow, it maybe needs to get people like Robert involved as well and on board um, and helping out and doing things and just getting the word out and spreading it and and bringing different elements into the podcast. So, um, yeah, I would love to work with Robert. I I think the guy's super passionate and... Uh, super talented, you know.
1: Yes, brilliant. Uh, and, you know, from knowing Robert as well and what, what he's been doing there and, and yourself, uh, I think it's just been on real. You know, like the the exposure and all that uh, the Irish mountain biking scene has got now, you know, since these guys started has been brilliant, you know, uh, and certainly injected uh, a, a bit of energy and a, a kind of new vibe in a way mm. uh, and getting word out there is sort of what's going on. So, hats off to, to both of you guys.
2: I know that's there's
1: cool other the outsider maybe and they're still going, are they? I you know that they, they covered a lot I think of money. So. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But you know, to be honest, um, it's only the beginning as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I think there's a lot, lot more can be done. And, you know, because of guys like yourself and Niall Davis and everybody involved in the scene, you know, I think the Irish scene is so good for the size of the country and north and south and just for the trail centers we have and the, the natural trails we have and the passionate riders, they're so, you know, we should be shouting about it, man. We should.
1: It's, the, talented. Well, talented. it's, it's unreal. Amazing. It's unbelievable. for such a, a small country. Yeah. Really, like, I've produced, like, some of the best riders in the world, like, which I like, think it's just, I love it. When it, you go to switch on the, you know, fire up the laptop or stick on Red Bull TV and there's a couple of lads that you know uh, out there racing and right up there in the results. You know, mm-hmm. class. Yeah. It's
2: amazing. And, you know, I would love to get more media attention to the industry in Ireland. Um, I would love to get more exposure on on the national TV side of things, maybe a two-minute thing or whatever. But I think there's more to be done Um and that's the way I want to go. I think
1: that would be awesome if we could if we could sort of get down that line and having mm. you know people themselves kind of kind of driving uh, that that direction, yeah, uh, and get more exposure for us. Uh, that would yeah, that's maybe something for the future then. But uh, watch this space, I suppose. And hopefully, yeah. uh, when you come back home, you bring that that energy with you. <laughs> hopefully, and, and keep it going then as well. So it'd be class to have you at, at a mm-hmm. few races. And certainly, awesome. Um, getting out for the old spin and all too well and on, on doing our thing when you get back so uh, yeah looking forward to that one man
2: cool man thanks
1: yeah so uh, what else do we need to touch on then um, yeah we can do a couple of random questions if you want
2: I do help me with some randoms to see
1: how you <laughs> the so um, tell me something that people don't know about you Ah. Uh.
2: Any, um, I played American I, football for Ireland. I played American football for Ireland. How's that
1: one? <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> Where
2: was this? Oh, this was back in the day. Um, I started playing with the Korean chieftains when I was seventeen. And then I played I played with Ireland. It's when when I, when I was playing with Corick Fergus Knights, I played with Ireland at the same time. I couldn't even tell you when that was, but yeah, so many injuries from that sport, man. Never get involved.
1: <laughs> really? More, more than and I. Eh?
2: Oh, dude. It's brutal. It's brutal. So sore on you. You okay. need to be getting paid good money to play that. That's all I'll say.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a pretty hardcore sport then, huh?
2: uh for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: Good stuff. Uh, so what else have we got then? So <laughs> I've been looking through... A couple of funny videos maybe that you've been um involved with over the years maybe going pro- properly back in the day but you had um, it almost seemed like an advert was it or there was a bit of crack around some like a, a primo milk advert where
2: did you find that
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, i've been stalking you <laughs>
2: frank's sake so
1: yeah in there and uh, yeah it looked pretty funny so it just reminded me of um, fighting bacon back in the day and uh, and the days we used to be spending money scalp on the way funny videos now we put together and it just I was it felt like i was looking like was just a bunch of my own mates having the crack <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: that was uh yeah they were uh, they done like chocolate milk and stuff like that they were a new zealand company um and they came over, liked Ireland, liked the whole vibe, and came over. And I think Ireland was hitting magazines at that time, you know, for the surf. So they came over and they done that wee film. Um, and Andrew, who's in the film, Andrew Hill, he basically took them around Ireland surfing and filming and, and stuff like that. But the funny thing about that was they got in contact with me after they had shot that. And they wanted me to do a radio advert for them. Because they liked my they liked my accent, right? Yeah. I don't know why, dude. But this is why. But the funny thing was when they fo- they phoned me, so they were doing it over the phone. And uh, they phoned me, and I was just chatting away, just like I am to you now, we're just chatting away, one thing another and another. Saying, "So tell me about the surf around your area," and I was just telling them and just chatting away naturally. And then they says, "Oh, that's great. Thanks so much. Uh, we'll be in contact." And I was like, "What? Well, that was it? I didn't even think we were recording." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and <laughs> recording?
2: Aye, like they didn't even say we're going to be recording. They just done it, and that was it. And it was like, all right, all oh, right, really. I could have put a wee bit more into it, I think. But anyway, um, and they released that. And the crazy thing was, dude, right? Because Port Rush is such a tourist town. I was I was in the surf shop working at that time. That that went out in New Zealand, and tourists were coming over, and I had three or four people come in and Jordan. say. That's the dude from the advert. Can we have your Can we have your autograph? Can you <laughs> sign my T-shirt? <laughs> uh, loving that one. So you, you used to work in frogs, then. Is
1: that the is it yeah? yeah. Uh uh-huh. uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. Good. Crazy. So he's still going strong up there as well, eh?
2: hmm Yeah, and he's taken over nicely. Yeah.
1: So he seems to be that the main man up there anyway, don't For aye, for sure. Uh, Follow him on the, on the old Instagram. He loves getting up there with his, his phone, he? and. On the waves and
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> getting people stoked on surfing, eh?
2: That's it, dude. I because you're up there quite a lot, aren't you?
1: I yeah. Well, do I you mean that's one of our sort of well, anybody really hot spots in the camper van, just to go up and uh, chill out in the north coast and you know take mm-hmm. the mics up or just maybe try the odd bit of surfing. I wouldn't say I'm a surfer now, but I've certainly um, spent a bit of time in, in Australia as well. And um, when I'm back, well, when I'm out and about, uh, yeah, I try a bit of surfing or a bit of bodyboarding or just like getting in the water, getting wet. You
2: know? exactly yeah that's uh, it man
1: yeah i've done a bit of scuba diving up on the north coast as well uh so all just for for a bit of fun but cool place cool place just uh, just to hang out and, uh, mm-hmm. just for a while it? so mm-hmm. where would you go biking then on the north coast where where are the people watch the or the hotspots up there
2: well you know what there Bally Castle, right but i've never actually read it um where i live i live you know west strand and port rush my house would be uh, two minutes from that on the bike. So I would normally have done in the mornings, I'd went from the house, done the coast road from Portrush to Port Stewart out on the coast, you know, the other side of the golf course, right along the cliff's edge. That's a tight wee run, man. That's, you can do it in about 20, 25 minutes pushing it. Um, There's a couple of wee hike a bike sections in it and stuff like that. So I would try to have done that most mornings there and back. Um, but you're not really allowed on that, to be honest. You know, there's signs up no cycling, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you just go anyway. But other than that, dude, I would really, if I was going out on the bike, I'd have went to Garva. Um, that has obviously changed a lot since uh, I've been here in Malta. Yeah. Um, um, but Dava would be, right. you know, Dava would be my main kind of go-to area.
1: Right.
2: So, um. So.
1: Going on up there? Is there any like kind of spots you go for dirt jumping or anything, or is any 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 sort of vibe going on up there?
2: Not really. Like that's one of my one of my things. I want to do when I get home is get the van and and get out round and visit a lot more of the actual trails. You know, um, because I've done very little to be honest, and and need to. I want to go and see the Ballycastle guys and get out around that and. Um, I just need to go and see those guys and go out around the trails and come down your direction and then go on further down south and stuff and do all those networks because I haven't done enough and I need to get down and speak to some of those guys and get some of those guys on the podcast and all for what they're doing. Um, you know, and um, that's one of my that's one of my aims very soon when I get home is to do all that kind of thing and just get, uh, get to know the trails around Ireland a lot better, you know.
1: Even as far as sort of Limavati direction, all it seems to be a pretty good uh, scene going on over there as well, with, you know, Beefy and all them lads. Uh,
2: yeah, exactly, man. And, you know, that's something I just haven't really done, you know, so I need to get down there and, and hook up with, with Beefy and uh, get get riding out round there, you know, because those will be all my local hunts then, really, you know.
1: Yeah, and uh, Lee and all those guys in, and uh, Norman, Norman Atkins. hmm uh, so they're the Ballycastle crew, aren't they? And, yeah. Uh, I remember Norman from back in the day, and uh, he would have been. Uh, are you good friends with Norman, or you know Norman okay? Cohen
2: actually, kn- Con knows Norman uh, very well, better than me. But yeah, I know Norman to speak to and chat to. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So like when I when I started out racing, um, any of the any of the races done up kind of like up north, so like Curlevilly and Ballycastle, and all Norman Norman Atkins was was the man. And he would run around organising races, and he had a, I think he had a B&B or something in Portrush, and a a room it's called the Sunshine Room or something, <laughs> and just you know have the crack and you know ride bikes and race and stuff like that. But he was uh, he was well into it, you know, and uh, fair play to him, you know, he put a, he put a lot of work into it sort of um, back in the day, and it's cool it's cool that he's still into the whole scene and uh, still building the way up there and helping out and he goes to all the races and and he has a good crew of lads up there. Like, so, uh, Mm -hmm. it's just unreal. I think, you know, from racing and all years and years ago that you still see kind of like the same people, uh, that are still at it. So, uh, we must be doing something right over here that to keep people interested in mountain biking for that long. And, uh, Ireland, I suppose, is is a cool spot like where we can do all these different sports basically within a horse drive from wherever you live, whether it's surfing or mountain biking or get out into the mountains or do whatever. Like, you know, uh, we're quite lucky. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: No, I think you're very right. And you know, the thing is one of the things I have learned being in Malta, there's a really good crew of guys here, riders here and stuff. Um, and it's very different here. It'd be, it'd be kind of more cross country oriented. very dry, very loose and stony. It's a big rock garden, really. Um, But, you know, what we have in Ireland, what we have there as far as trails go and networks and everything is unbelievable. Like, and I didn't realize it until, and that's why I'm so keen now. I want to go and see more of these places in Ireland and and visit all these trails because I miss it so much now. But what we have there, when you're away from it for a number of years, it's unreal. It's just unreal what we have. I can't believe it, to be honest. Um, and when you have networks like that, and you know this is something I always chat to about guests with guests on the show is the young riders coming up and the youth coming up, and you know this better than me Glenn. is it's unreal. But a lot of it has to be down to the trail networks we have there and the passionate the the older, passionate people that are still involved in it, like you say, it has to be because of that. We're so so lucky. Yeah, well it's
1: all it's all it's all part of it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you're right there. Uh, you do. You don't have to go that far before you come across just like you know a, a group of uh, riders or a group of people living in a certain area, and they'll certainly point you in the right direction for the for the local trails and stuff mm-hmm. that's going on. And certainly, this whole kind of enduro stuff has probably opened up more more things now over the last year years. Uh, where certainly, you know, from my background being downhill, it was quite restrictive uh, in Wes mm-hmm. and you, you do a lot of stuff yourself Uh, as far as like sort of building trails or trying to get yourself to the top of the hill which was most of the time pushing your bike to the top (laughs) but now just uh, the the different the different bikes and uh, people now right sort of building stuff that's uh, a bit more kind of user friendly for for the bikes and the people like so Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's just uh, amazing place to be but uh, people seem to think like the grass is always greener and you go away to these foreign countries uh, and they don't realise sort of the scene that we have uh, back at home And the room Yeah, i wrong saying that. But, uh, yeah, sometimes you don't appreciate these things until you go mm. away for a while back at what we have at home. like So, yeah, so people uh, hopefully will appreciate things a bit more once to see what we have right here on our doorstep. Yeah, so. very true. So, um, yeah. So uh, have you any plans dude? this is getting off the topic a little bit. So any plans? I know you're in Malta there. So um
2: Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what, dude? Yep. This is the first year I will be spending Christmas Day by myself in Malta. <laughs> last year I came home. I came home last year. This yeah. year we this year we can't because well one thing, Ryanair, uh you can only go into Dublin now. Um, they cut the they stopped the flights to Belfast um there just wasn't enough people doing it over the winter but we've also got we've got a rescue cat here in Malta um that can't really be left alone so I'm going to stay here look after the cat and Katrina's going to go home um but with me traveling back and forth a wee bit more than I want it to because of my shoulder and the higher flight prices it's all right I don't mind I'm going to stay here but I won't be bored, dude. I won't be bored.
1: <laughs> are you gonna put on or are you just gonna chill out and do it? Maldesta? What are we doing? Christmas Day? I know you. You hang out in the beach, or are you going?
2: No, it's still. You know, believe it or not, it's still. It's cool here. It's quite cold that time of year here. Um, so it's quite damp here. A lot of humidity. You know. Um, so you no know, guys will spend it inside uh, and they'll have their Christmas dinner and they'll do everything like that here and uh, just, just like you would back home really you know um, so yeah that, that's what they'll do and uh, yeah it's cool man I'll spend it Wednesday I think it's Christmas day on a Wednesday this year
1: you should you know should know
2: what? that dude I, we, we, <laughs> Wednesday it looks
1: definitely to me uh, Jack for you <laughs> uh,
2: so wednesday wednesday is normally my editing day for the podcast wednesday. Yep. All right. whether i get that out of the way early and just spend the day watching i don't know netflix or tv or something i don't know but um, no i'll have a chill out i'll have a chill out what are you up to
1: yeah so what normally happens for us is uh, so my mother-in-law normally spends a few days with us so uh, she'll come down and yeah, the, the, the kind of standard Christmas day these days seems to be uh, we get up and uh, take the dogs for a walk. So we'll go to like Marlock Beach or something, maybe somewhere handy. Uh, go for a wee dander with the dogs. Kato will, will put the, the turkey on before we go. Uh, yeah, so we'll come back a few hours later. Uh, I open presents and do all that sort of crack. Um, and then, yeah, get something to eat. Chill out a wee bit and then um, we have a few friends coming up, or mum and dad will come up and we just basically light the fire and uh, have a bit of a laugh, I suppose, and play a few silly games. Uncle Charlie <laughs> comes around as well, he's been here the last couple of years. I like, think uh, Uncle Charlie's in Spain at the minute, I'm not sure what the crack is this, this Christmas. I think he's older than Nathan at the minute, so uh, yeah, we'll have a few people here. Cool, man. Yeah, on the, this, this Christmas, I have to work actually. So uh, after work Christmas night in the fire station, christmas night so i'll get to spend most of the day here till about five o'clock and then uh, i'll go into work and i'll see my second family then. so uh all, Aye, the cool. lads, all the lads on the watch will be in uh, christmas night then so i don't know if i'll do a bit more eating then when we go in but um just, yeah. well hopefully
2: you don't have to uh, put out any burnt turkeys
1: Aye, yeah yeah well, daily odd sandwich maybe turkey sandwich if, we, if we're <laughs> cool man cool you know, so um yeah suppose we'll think about wrapping it up um, since it's Christmas but uh, is there any shout outs you want to do then before we, we head off or uh, do well people connect? do you know that's always one I know
2: what's that sorry say again
1: Can people connect with you then do you know uh, or, or what's the easiest way I suppose for people to uh, get these podcasts going Aye, well, just if you just go to
2: mtb-tribe. Um, all the podcasts are on there. The whole backlist, the whole catalog's on there, so you can listen from episode one right up to the present episode. It's all free; doesn't cost anything. There's no adverts in them. There's nothing like that. Dependent well, sometimes I'll throw in a little advert, or a little shout out um, to somebody that have that has helped me out or something, and we have helped each other out. But um, yeah, they're all free. Um, And you can find them on all your local podcast kind of platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify now as well. Um, So, yeah, just grab them there and download them onto your device or just listen them directly from the laptop, whatever. And then on the old socials, it's just at MTB Tribe, Instagram and Facebook. Um, Or if you want to drop me an email, you can get me at info at MTB-Tribe.com. That's the easiest way, man. I'm quite easily accessible and you know, yeah. the one thing I would say is if anybody has any ideas for the podcast or wants any guests on the podcast or any topics kind of covered, just drop me an email or a private message or something on socials. And I'll, I'll try my best to do that, you know, because uh, it's always what I'm trying to do is one is to get people off the sofa and on the saddle. And I say that quite a lot in the podcast because. The number of emails I get is it's really cool that people say, Look, you know, you've got me into mountain biking. I've started mountain biking again because I've heard of your podcast, or I was looking at some way to get fit and, you know, to get me away from my phone. And your podcast encouraged me to get out on a bike and start mountain biking. You know, that kind of stuff is amazing to hear. Um, you know, and it's the interaction with the people because at the end of the day, if nobody was listening to it and people weren't getting involved and getting in contact with me i you know and with the time and effort you put into it i don't know how long you could sustain that without that kind of feedback so it's really good to hear from people and anybody that's listening don't think you're bothering me by getting in contact because i want people to get in contact you know what i mean It's the whole part of it and it's just to get people stoked man get them out in and bikes and you know, just to enjoy themselves. And at the end of the day, what I get from it is chatting to people like you and like Robert and, you know, like BKXC, all the guys. It just makes it all worthwhile, you know. And even though, you know, it's crazy, dude, but I, the majority of the people on the podcast I have never met. So it's going to be so weird when I get back home.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to put faces to names. Or, or Sam Hill, if you're listening, getting contact <laughs> get, drop, drop a wee messenger, <laughs> get yourself uh, booked to MTV Drive, eh?
2: Uh-huh, so it's just so weird, you know, it's going to be so random, showing up at events and shaking hands with somebody I've maybe spoke to for two hours, but I don't actually know them, you know what I mean, until they yeah. tell me their name, you know?
1: <laughs> You've got a few weird moments in hell, you...
2: yeah yeah but it's all good man it's all good and no i just want to say a big thanks to anybody that comes on the show and tells their story and you know because like hannah harvey was on the show right and i'm sure you know hannah well and she was so so nervous about coming on the show but you know what that's been one of the best episodes on the podcast and people could just really relate to her I don't know what it was, but it just was really popular. And chatting to people like Hannah and meeting Hannah in person then is going to be so cool. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's just, it's weird, man. It's weird. I never thought I'd be doing it, to be honest. It's just a weird, you know, it's just one of those things that it's happens. Just, and that, it just,
1: you know, uh, I, I suppose, yeah, you, you know, I suppose it may be a bit weird yourself as well coming on to, you know, suppose your own show, or your own podcast, uh, which was different and maybe, you uh, a few different uh, nerves and uh, and vibes and feelings going about the whole thing like but uh, as soon as you get started is not it like it's it's it becomes a lot easier ah, at the yes. end of the day, just you know we're, you know you just have a conversation with people is not it like i'm just getting getting to chat them like you know it's
2: that's it it's that's nice. it i don't want it you know and I, I never try to use the word interview because I, I don't want it to be an interview i just want it to be a chat you yeah. know
1: that's exactly what it is. Isn't
2: it? Yeah, it's cool. And you made me nervous, man. You made me nervous for not me on show.
1: Yeah. I was nervous as well. I was nervous. <laughs> as sure. I just was going to go like, but, you know, uh, all's good. All's good in the end. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, um, thanks for being on MTB Tribe then. <laughs> Make sure you keep everybody MTB stuck. Uh, that's <laughs> a new one I've come up with. Do you like that? i do like it i do like it i do have a wee a wee smartly every time i hear it. I <laughs> You're right. You're right.
2: <laughs> thanks so much dude for interviewing me on my show it's been an experience and uh please don't ask me until at least this time next year <laughs>
1: <laughs> let the nerves settle a wee bit eh?
2: yeah yeah thanks Bob. appreciate it
1: good stuff nice one happy christmas to as well Garth.
2: happy christmas dude that's a wrap for episode 119 folks i hope you enjoyed that it was a little bit different i know um having me doing the majority of the talking and um, i'm sure you're well bored through that but anyway listen thanks so much for glenn for coming on organizing it and interviewing being the host of the MTB tribe podcast for the christmas special and uh, glenn thanks so much dude i do appreciate you coming on and being involved with the show and all it does mean a lot for the podcast for you to be involved and doing stuff like this for the show so thanks so much now folks if you want to know anything more about glenn how to get in contact or anything more about the episode just go to the show notes mtb tribecom you can find all the info on there a little bit of a more backstory of how me and glenn got together and made this happen and uh, you can find out links and all to glenn's socials and the vitus first tracks enduros and things like that all the info is on the show notes now if you want to support the show the best way of doing that is by subscribing rating and reviewing us on apple podcasts every one of your ratings helps boosts us on apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people if you're not on Apple, don't worry. You can find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean and most other podcast platforms. We are on them all. We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete bike catalogue. Listen and download every show. You can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the show and a short synopsis about who will be the guest that week. You can also get involved on the old social media platforms at MTV Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. And please share, take screenshots, do whatever you want there uh, and get the word out to more friends. Anybody you know that wants to get off the sofa and on the saddle, push a few of the episodes their way and hopefully it will encourage them and get them stoked to get out in the trails and get out riding bikes. So thanks once again folks for tuning in. I do appreciate you being involved with the podcast. It's always good and I hope you enjoyed the Christmas special. It was a little bit of fun, it was a little bit different and to be honest I was nervous doing it, you know, there's no doubt about it. It was weird, you know, the shoe was in the other foot kind of thing. Um, so it was cool, but Glenn is always a great host and uh, it was it was real fun to do and we will do some other some other funny, strange, weird things in the in the near future I'm sure. So keep an eye out for that thanks folks for tuning in once again i hope your christmas has went well and if you're listening to this on boxing day have a great day have a great rest of the holidays enjoy yourselves go out on the bikes as much as you can and as always 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 stay mtb stoked